You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 636 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live here on a Monday evening in the aftermath of what became a pretty lopsided loss for the Hawks, a 120-87 defeat at the hands of the Miami Heat on the road, and uh, we'll talk plenty more about that game in a second. There was one bit of pregame news that I want to touch on, and that's the fact that Kevin Herter did not make his debut on Monday evening. Uh, we don't know too much more than we did a couple of days ago, but over the weekend, um, the, some media members were able to take on a, a bit of a scrimmage that the Hawks had at the practice facility. And Herter reportedly played in one of the two scrimmages that the Hawks actually had going there, which is a, a which was a positive sign. At that point in time, there was at least some momentum towards him potentially playing on Monday night. By the time the injury report came out on Sunday, though, after the after the Hawks traveled to Miami, he was already listed as out, and that did not change before Monday evening. So the Hawks do have two more games this week. Um, they are back-to-back, so I can't imagine that most guys will play in both games, and I can't imagine her, her playing in both games, but maybe he can play later on in debut. But for now, he looks to still be on the shelf, and we'll see how we, uh, he progresses. I do not really know anything more than I knew a few days ago, though. People asking why he's not playing, it's basically the fact that you know Lloyd Pierce said he wasn't ready. Or Last week, I, pl- I played the audio for you on this podcast of what he was saying about Kevin Herter's status on Wednesday, and that's the latest that I have on the situation. So we'll see how uh, he progresses, but... For now, still unavailable, and the season does not start for another week and a half, though, so he still has some time to get ready before the opener, and the Hawks are definitely going to need someone of Kevin Herter's status and uh, with his skill set when they open the season in the regular season and just uh, about 10 days from now. So first things first, we'll, we'll go through what happened on this evening, and then we'll drill down to some individual players later on in the podcast. You know, the first quarter was the lone bright spot in this game for the Hawks. They actually led 34-32 at the end of the first period, and uh, a lot of that was driven by the offensive stylings of Trey Young and John Collins. No surprise there, the two best players on this team. They actually combined for 19 points in the first quarter between the two of them. There was eight assists from this Hawks team and a 70% almost true shooting in the first quarter to sort of sustain the team's offense despite some uh, turnover issues as usual for this club. There was a nice early pull-up jump shot from Cam Reddish. Actually, proved a bit. He pretty much his best highlight of the night was very, very early in this game. Um, John Collins was notably aggressive, I thought, in the first few minutes after a really, really bad game for him on Wednesday. It was not a surprise to me that he came out firing, and he definitely did that. Um, elsewhere, though, there was sort of the, the headliner nationally of the first quarter was the fact that Tyler Hero, the rookie guard from the Heat, scored four, scored 14 points, the first 14 points for, for, for Miami in the first five minutes of this game, um, the Heat were going pretty big. Um, Hero is not a point guard by any means, but he was sort of the smallest player on the court. So Trey Young was trying to defend him. That did not go very well between Young trying to stay in front of him and also some pick and roll errors between Young and Alex Flynn. It did not go very well trying to, to defend Tyler Hero. He's not shy about getting shots up. So 14 points there for him in the blink of an eye. Uh, to be fair to Trey Young, he did have nine points of his own in that same time period. So it was sort of a back and forth, but Hero um, made some waves with the way that he shot the ball early in this game. 
DeAndre Hunter actually got some attention negatively in some circles for having a shot blocked by Bam Adebayo, who was fantastic in this game, by the way, for Miami. Um, Hunter, though, made a nice play, I thought, to get by Bam, and then he got caught from behind by Adebayo at the rim. But it's good to see Hunter still putting his head down and going to the rim, and uh, he, he had a couple of nice moments in this game despite only having four points. We'll talk about him more in a second. A couple of nice moments early on, I thought, from DeAndre Bembry in this game, particularly getting to the rim in the first quarter. He was one of the probably the lone bright spot off the bench in this game for Atlanta. We'll come back to him later too, but wanted to point that out. There was a lineup that I uh, I've sort of warned against throughout the offseason that actually ended up playing um, a lot in this game. It started in the first quarter for the first time, and it was Evan Turner making his debut off the Achilles injury. Did not play a ton, but did play some in the first half. The lineup was was Turner, Bembry. DeAndre Hunter, Jabari Parker, and Damian Jones, and uh, that was a worrisome group. It did not go well in that stint, and it's something I've been worried about really all, all season long is just kind of how the bench would function offensively, and there were a lot of red flags about that in this game, albeit still in a preseason sample, but wanted to at least point that out. There was a very, very nice DeAndre Hunter to John Collins pass for a dunk in the second quarter that was very nice to see. There was a... Uh, as I sort of go down through my notes here, there was a really bad stretch from Cam Reddish where it sort of looked like he did in college at times. Uh, he, he actually had a dribble into a turnover, and then the next possession, he had a traveling violation. Just about 90 seconds later, he had a really, really sort of ugly pull-up three-point shot. And in general, Reddish was really rough in this game, which is not a big surprise and not really that all that concerning. He's still someone who's definitely going to have to learn and improve. But that was a rough stretch for him in the second quarter. In fact, the Hawks' entire team had six points in the first nine minutes of the second quarter. Uh, and that kind of speaks for itself as to uh, how bad the offense was during that point in time. There was a nice, smooth Damian Jones corner three to break the drought, which is worth pointing out. It's good to see him shooting the ball confidently. And pretty well. I will say, though, but before that, he was uh, really rough in his first um, stint of the game in the first half. I wanted to point that out anyway. Um, there was a 9-2 run by the Hawks to sort of stop the bleeding in some ways down the stretch of the first half. They still trailed by 8, though, and in general, it was pretty ugly. Um, in the third quarter, it didn't get any better. Uh, there were a couple nice skip passes that I wanted to point out from DeAndre Hunter. who, When he was getting downhill and sort of that secondary uh, mid-range area, he was able to find some open shooters on kickouts, which is good to see him still progressing in that way with some uh, good finds and good passes. There were uh, lots of early struggles in the third quarter, though. There was an, an angry timeout from Lloyd Pierce. About three minutes into the third quarter, he actually put in Bembry and Parker for Alex, uh, Alex Lynn and Troy Young about three minutes in. I don't know if that was defensive or something weird that happened there. Couldn't really tell, but Pierce was definitely not very happy, and he, he called another timeout a few minutes later when the league got to 17 for Miami. It was a 15-6 run from the Heat to open up the second half, and uh, Adebayo was just going crazy on both ends of the floor for Miami. The Hawks did score seven straight points to get back within 12 late in the third, but it was kind of a short-lived barrage. And um, the stat of the night, for me anyway, in the second and third quarters for the Hawks, they were outscored 59-35, to which is bad enough on its own. Losing by 24 points in basically a half of basketball is really rough. They shot 28% from the floor, 21% from three. They had 14 turnovers in those two quarters and only five assists. That is uh, as ba- about as ugly as it gets as a box score offensively. And uh, sort of bore out watching the game. It was uh, painful, honestly, to watch most of what was going to happen there offensively. Whenever Trey Young left the court, it was pretty ugly the entire game. Um, the fourth quarter was largely garbage time in this game. There weren't a lot of starters playing for the Hawks, so I'm not going to spend too much time on this, honestly. Um, the Hawks notably only played 10 guys in the first three quarters of this game. Lloyd Pierce sort of alluded to the fact that he might have a dress rehearsal game um, this week. 
I'm not sure that today was it, but it actually might have been because they only played 10 guys in the first three quarters, and that's basically a normal rotation uh, with the guys that you would expect. It was basically um, Vince Carter replacing Kevin Herter, you would imagine, from what the rotation is going to look like on opening night. Maybe Vince will play as well, but it was guys you would imagine. I mean, they do have the injuries to uh, Alan Crabb as well and Kevin Herter, but it was Young, it was Reddish, it was Hunter, it was Collins, it was it was Len, it was Parker, it was Jones and Bembry, Carter and Turner. So basically that's the 10-man rotation that I would imagine is going to be opening the season, um, maybe with, with obviously with an insert of uh, Kevin Herter for Vince Carter potentially, but still they played a pretty reasonable regular lineup construction in this game and it didn't end up very well for this Hawks team in the first three quarters. The fourth quarter, they broke that streak by expanding the bench. They actually went to Brendan Goodwin and Bruno Fernando to start the fourth quarter, then uh, Charlie Brown, and then Armani Brooks finally to uh, complete the rotation. The only guy, that, the only guys that did, that did not play in this game were uh, Marcus Derrickson and Jordan Seibert, uh, also Taj McCall. Um, so yeah, pretty much a, a three quarters of regular rotation. That was basically about it, but it was really rough. In a lot of ways, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this again probably later on the podcast, but um, the sort of if you want, if you want to paint the picture in one stat, I would caution against using plus minus too much in the preseason, especially. But it was pretty indicative in this game because Trey Young played 24 minutes, which is exactly half of this basketball game. He was dead even in plus minus. He was zero in plus minus, and the Hawks lost lost this game by 33 points. So. You know, part of that's misleading in that the fourth quarter was, you know, pretty much garbage time and the Hawks lost the fourth quarter by 11 points. But even then, uh, yeah, Trey didn't play it all in the fourth. And essentially, even through three quarters, the Hawks were, you know, minus 20 something without Trey on the court and even with him on the court. Same for John Collins, um, who was minus two in this game, 27 minutes in the game, lost the, the Hawks lost by 33 points. So, it's not always that linear, I will be honest with you, but I've been saying throughout the offseason that, you know, the Hawks are going to struggle when Trey Young leaves the court, and uh, that's definitely true for Collins as well, but especially for Young, and that definitely manifested itself in this game. It is one-game sample. It, it won't be this bad always, but uh, that was a red flag, to be sure. Um, you know, full-game numbers here for the Hawks. It's uh, worth pointing out the offense had an 80.6 offensive rating. That is brutal, and especially after the first quarter, they actually were playing pretty well offensively and making a lot of shots. The rest of the game was uh, pretty hideous. The shooting itself wasn't you know absolutely terrible. Uh, 41% from the floor, 26% from three is not good, um, but didn't get to the line a ton um, and didn't shoot that well when they, when they got there. 18 assists against 26 turnovers. Another game with 25-plus turnovers is just, you know, it goes without saying, you just, you just can't have that. In fact, Jamari Parker had six on his own, uh, seven for Trey Young, which is kind of his only black mark against him in this game was these seven turnovers. But, yeah, pretty rough from the offense. Uh, defensively, the Heat also were playing, pretty much play, pretty much playing their guys here. They did have some injuries. They were playing without Deion Waiters, without Kelly Olenek and James Johnson in this game, but still a pretty regular rotation. In fact, all five starters for Miami in this game played 25-plus minutes. It was uh, you know with Butler and Adebayo and Tyler Hero and Justice Winslow. Those guys were real NBA players, same with Derek Jones Jr., and they played pretty well in this game, but still a 111 offensive rating for the Heat. Uh, they were aided by the Hawks' defense. You know, there was good effort for the most part defensively in this game. You know, for instance, Trey Young, I thought was not as good in this game as he was in the last game, but he gave decent effort defensively. Defense was not really the problem in this game. Uh, 111 is not good, but it's probably better than the Hawks are going to have for the full season this year, I would imagine. So offensively was really the problem here, and uh, we'll talk more about that in a second. But 
yeah, big picture wise, just not a great performance for the Hawks team. Obviously, um, it's preseason and no one really cares necessarily what the results are, but you don't want to get blown out in this way. And it was pretty clear on TV, you know, coaches always want to win, but I do think that Pierce was coaching this game a little bit harder from what I was able to see on the sidelines. And uh, we'll, I'll be interested to see what he actually has to say about this game because the uh, we, we did not have access to the post game press conference. Uh, the Pre and post game shows are not, are not up and running just yet for uh, for the Hawks on the Fox Sports Southeast broadcast. So did not get to actually see what Pierce said after the game. So my apologies on that, but that'll be happening more in the future, I'm sure. So we'll stay tuned and talk more about that um, in the future. So after a quick break, we'll come back and talk about the uh, individual players and how they fared in this game. So hold on tight. We will be back in just a second. All right, we'll go to the individual players now. We'll start on the bench where it was pretty ugly in this game. Um, with all respect to Charlie Brown. Armani Brooks, um, and yeah, Brennan Goodwin, I guess, to a certain extent. Those guys didn't play a ton in this game. I thought Goodwin was, was actually, you know, okay, other than the shooting just wasn't very good. But uh, we'll, we'll focus on the guys who played more minutes in this game. Bruno Fernando was kind of the last, you know, him and Goodwin played the whole fourth quarter. Fernando was more relevant, though, you know, big, big big picture. But I thought it was at least noteworthy that he didn't that he did not play in the first three quarters. So if you're assuming, um, and even, even making some sort of assumption that the Hawks are going to use a rotation like the one we saw tonight, it did not include Fernando. That is not a huge surprise to me. I think Damian Jones is probably ahead of him. Um, with that said, transitioning to Damian Jones, I thought he was pretty bad in this game. He was minus 25, which isn't always indicative, but in 18 minutes, he had three points. Um, made, made his only three-point only three, three attempt, which I, which I mentioned before. That was good to see him knock down a shot. But defensively, there were a lot of mistakes from Damian Jones. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time quite a few times in this game, and uh, he really struggled in my opinion. Jabari Parker, the numbers were there for Jabari with 9 points, 10 rebounds. So you see that. He led the team in rebounding. That's worth pointing out to be sure. But 6 turnovers, minus 25. His defense was uh, not as good as it has been in the last couple of games, you know, and good's relative. But I, I was at least somewhat um, encouraged by the what I saw defensively from Parker in the first two games. I didn't really see all, all that much of that in this game. And, you know, he could be um, pretty negative if, if things are not going well offensively for him. In this game, there were some interesting highs, a couple of highlight plays for him, which are uh, certainly nice to see. But big, big picture, I thought it was kind of a struggle uh, game for Jabari Parker. Uh, elsewhere, Vince Carter did Vince Carter things, made a couple of threes, and uh, generally played pretty well, had 10 points off the bench. Evan Turner, only nine minutes in his in his debut. He did not look good, but that's not a huge surprise. It was his first game action in quite some time, and he had the injury and the soreness there. So I'm not worried about Turner, but uh, just worth keeping an eye, keeping an eye, keeping an eye on that because he did not play well in his nine-minute stint. The one bright spot, as I mentioned before, was DeAndre Bembry off the bench. 25 minutes, 5 of 7 from the floor, 1 of 1 from 3, got to the line for three, 3 free throw attempts, had 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and 13 points. I thought Bembry was good on both ends of the floor. I was good to see him attacking the rim. The shooting is always going to be the question with DeAndre, but um, he played good defense. He got, he got downhill and, in general, played well, in my opinion. So, And by the way, people were asking about this, and we'll transition to the starters in a second. I do think that if the season began today and Kevin Herter was not available, I am pretty confident they would start DeAndre Bembry at the two. I might be wrong about that, but you know, I know Cam Reddish played the two and started at the two in this game. That's pretty much injury related. I do think that Cam can play the two some, but I think full time he's more of a three. And you know, just it's worth the caveats of uh, having it out there that Herter and even Alan Crabb would be better options at the two right now. Um, they just don't really have those options, and with Bembry. I understand he's not a great fit in some ways because of the shooting, but I, I think he's just a better player right now. So if, if the Hawks had to play a real game that counted right now, I think they probably would lean on memory a little bit more. But uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was the best player on the bench by a wide margin in this game. So we'll leave it there. Uh, to, this, to the starters, I mentioned Reddish before, so we'll just start, we'll start with him first. Two points, two rebounds, an assist, and a steal. Three turnovers for him. 13, uh, minus 13, I should say, 20 minutes. 
One of seven from the floor, 0 of three from three. Reddish, this was his worst game of the three, I thought, pretty comfortably. Um, you know, I'm not worried. I said that during the game, but he had a couple of just kind of jarringly bad moments, uh, some rookie moments. Not a huge surprise for someone who struggled at the college level and is still very young. I don't care about that, honestly. It's you know, it was going to happen. He was going to have a bad game. He was due for one of these. And uh, honestly, the early returns in the first two games were pretty encouraging, in my opinion, from what we saw from Cam. So he was kind of due for one. But uh, yeah, he really struggled in this game. And uh, you know, it's going to happen. We'll see how he how, how he bounces back to, from his first real adversity. And uh, yeah, it's preseason, but we'll see how he looks on Wednesday. DeAndre Hunter, you know, the, the box score numbers were not great, only four points and four, but he did have four assists, which is very nice to see for someone that's not necessarily um, banked on as a passer. I thought I think his insects have been pretty good so far in the first three games. He's seen the floor very well offensively. The defense, the defense was there for, for Hunter in this game. Didn't shoot all that well. Missed all three of his threes, two of eight from the floor, which is, you know, it is what it is. But I, I thought he was fine in general. Just I, was, I wasn't terribly worried about him. He wasn't quite as good as he was in the first two games, but that's going to happen. Uh, Alex Len, 14 minutes. They're definitely keeping an eye on his minutes so far. I do think that he is, you know, far and away. This is not breaking news, but far and away the best center on this roster. He shows that on a regular basis so far. He's just a lot better than Damian Jones. Um, not really close, so there's that. Uh, John Collins bounces back from his poor effort the other night. 14.7 rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. I thought his defense was pretty good in this game. That's a, a small win for John Collins. I thought he was obviously just much, much better than he was on Wednesday, uh, and I'm not worried about all about John Collins, but it was good to see him compete defensively in a uh, relatively small sample here. And then Trey Young, 24, 24 minutes. Led the team in scoring comfortably with 23 points, uh, four assists, five rebounds. The seven turnovers are just too many. Still, he said um, candidly some negative things about himself on Wednesday with the way he turned the ball over and then did it again tonight with seven. I don't, again, I'm not worried. I think his playmaking turnovers are just fine. It's going to happen. He does, he does need to take care of the ball a little bit better than he has, though, so far this season. But if you're trying to find a, uh, a bright spot, you know, the bright spot, the easy one to point out in this game would be Young and Collins, and that's not any breaking news, but the Hawks are going to be uh, pretty pretty solid, I think, overall when those guys play and when they leave the court. Things get dicey, and that's been a theme I've been talking about with various guests and by myself for the entire offseason. I have some faith in the Hawks, particularly offensively, when Trey Young is on the court, but when he leaves the court, it's going to be an adventure, and uh, that was driven home in a big way in this game against Miami. So, you know, all told, it was not great. Um, you know, there were nice moments in the first quarter. There were scattered nice moments the rest of the game. But, you know, from the end of the first quarter on, it was kind of a bloodbath. The Hawks lost this game by 35 points in three quarters. And that is uh, really, really rough. And even if, even if you just take the, four, uh, the fourth quarter out, one more time here. The second and third quarters were competitive. The Hawks were still trying in those in those two quarters, and they were just blitzed to the tune of 50, 59 to 35. And, shot, and they shot 28% from the floor with 14 turnovers and five assists. That's the game, and uh, yeah, it kind of tells you all you need to know about that. Um, looking ahead to the rest of the week, I know I've flown through a lot of information on this podcast, but it's just one of those nights on a Monday and an ugly game, so we'll have some of those throughout the season. Um, looking ahead, as I said before, the back-to-back that's coming, it's going to be kind of weird and preposterous in a preseason to have back-to-back. Wednesday's game against the Knicks is probably the more high-profile. It's, it's on ESPN. Um, you know, If you're trying to play guys for their sort of one last hurrah in the preseason. I would imagine it would probably be Wednesday. They could, in theory, punt Wednesday to Thursday and play in Chicago on Thursday. Um, but, you know, I'm sure ESPN, not, ESPN would not be thrilled with that if the Hawks were uh, suddenly playing without without Trey and John, um, for instance, against, against the Knicks on uh, national television. So if there's some encouragement there, I would imagine that they would like, play, like to play the uh, big guns on Wednesday. You know, none of this stuff necessarily matters all that much, but... I would be pretty surprised if you saw these guys have full workloads in both games 
And uh, if it's me, I am not even taking, I mean, maybe they can go with them, but I am not playing Trey Young and John Collins in Chicago on Thursday. There's just no way I'm going to do that. Uh, really, any any veteran, I'm not playing multiple games. You can fill Thursday's minutes with all the Exhibit 10 guys that you have. Maybe if you want to play your rookies, that's okay with me because um, they have young legs. Uh, maybe not Reddish because he's had so much time off. If you, if you, want, if you want to play Hunter and Fernando, that wouldn't bother me too, too much. But no Trey, no John for me, no, uh, no Parker, no... Turner, no Carter, any of those guys. Uh, I would not be playing those guys two days in a row. So we'll talk about that more as we get going through the rest of the week. But those are the last two games in the preseason. The Hawks have their regular season opener in about a week and a half. So we are counting down, and hopefully it does not look like it, <laughs> like it did on Monday in Miami. That's kind of the moral of the story on this podcast today. So um, that'll do it for today's podcast. Please subscribe to this show via Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, we should be there. I really appreciate everybody's already done that. Um, please tell a friend. I know we're ramping up to the season so far. If you missed it, I had a long podcast with Tower Jones that dropped on Friday night, and it was uh, available for you over the weekend. It's still there now, so please go listen to that. Uh, it was good, a good deep dive on the first two preseason games and some themes and all that stuff. We're going to have uh, some guests sprinkled, um, as usual, throughout the season. But uh, that was a good show with Tower that I was uh, proud of and want people to listen to that one. So check it out. And uh, please, again, one more time, tell your friends. We will see everybody. Uh, probably going to hold off on, uh, on on a podcast until the game ends tonight unless we get something fall in our laps on Tuesday because there's not a lot of information that's going to be happening as the Hawks go straight from Miami to uh, New York. So. Unless something crazy happens, we will have our next podcast Wednesday night after the game against the Knicks, so stay tuned for that, and we'll see you guys in a couple of days.